and welcome to the Business Growth Show, where we talk about all components of business and how to utilize them for exponential growth. My name is Aki Cassiotis. I'm a business growth expert where I help business owners grow and scale to create wealth and freedom. I have an awesome guest. His name is Joe Foster, and he founded Reebok in 1958 with his late brother with Heritage back to 1895. And he's also a keynote speaker and the author of the book, Shoemaker. And Reebok is fondly remembered by their Reebok pumps, which I had a pair growing up as well. Welcome, Joe Foster, and thank you for being on my show. It's a pleasure. It's an absolute pleasure, I think. And uh, thank you for uh, for the invitation. You're very welcome, Joe. It's a pleasure to have you on here. I'm sure you're going to provide a lot of value to everyone watching and listening today. So firstly, um, I'd love to know from the start, like, what was your vision when you started Reebok? You know, I, I get asked that question, what was our vision? And... Uh, I'll keep this as short as I can do, but we really needed a job because uh, we were part of a, um, a sports footwear family. My grandfather started in 1895. He died in 1933. I wasn't born until 1935. So his sons, his two sons, my uncle and my father took on his business. Unfortunately, they I don't know whether they had his business acumen or his uh, ability to, to uh, develop the brand, but they couldn't get on with each other. They, they fought, and that's not good for a company. Uh, you know, Adi Dassler and Rudy Dassler, they also fought, but Rudy left the company wisely and set up Puma. Unfortunately, my father and uncle, they just kept feuding, and that feuding meant that uh, after my brother and I, Jeff, after we came back to the business, after doing national service, um, with fresh eyes, we saw the company was failing. And it was going down. And no matter what uh, what I tried and what we both tried with my father to get him to see this, uh, all he could say was, look, when, uh, when I'm gone and your uncle's gone, this business is yours. You can do what you like with it. And, of course, my response to that was, Dad, number one, we don't want you to go. Number two, this business will be gone long before you've gone. Unfortunately, didn't make any difference to him. But Jeff and I realized that that business would be gone long before he'd gone. And that would mean, what do we do for our future? <clears throat> so we had to make a decision and we decided to leave the company and set up Mercury Sports Footwear in 1958. Yeah, awesome. I love that. Interesting story, um, necessity. And then, you know, having to then want to continue the legacy yourself and making something that's sustainable there. So interesting how, how things start and then, um, you know, building it up. Uh, to, you know, the iconic pumps and everything else that you did. And I guess from, you know, there's a lot of big brands out there, right? Like, you know, obviously still today, Nike, Adidas, but back then as well. How do you differentiate yourself from these guys to, you know, really have an iconic brand as well? Well, I think this is why you become a brand, why you become a big brand, because you do differentiate yourself. You do find something different to do. And uh, when when Jeff and I started, we were very small and we, we were up against Nike. Nike were not players by then, but Adidas, they were big. And Adidas, had uh, they'd, they'd taken the soccer market in the UK. They'd absolutely, uh, they owned it by the time Jeff and I uh, set up our small business. So we, we didn't have that opportunity to go into soccer. And we, we really didn't have that until much later. We couldn't afford it. So we went into what really the family and my grandfather had started. And that was track and field and running athletics. And uh, of course, for us, we, we knew that business and that, that was good. So we could go into that. And then we also knew that if we were to scale our business in those days, if we were to grow our business, 
uh, we had to find areas which we called white space. White space was something that either editors couldn't get into, or it was just too small for them, probably. <clears throat> and like cross country running, uh, rugby, uh, rugby league, not rugby union, uh, rugby league was a North of England uh, specialist uh, game. And so these were the areas that we went into and we became quite successful. And we were able to promote ourselves. We in in our days we didn't have uh, computers. Okay, there was television if you could afford to advertise on television. But mainly, it was the uh, uh, mag magazines like <clears throat> Athletics Weekly, which was a specific uh, athletes, and so you got directly to your market. And we managed to grow, uh, scale our business by becoming probably number one in in the athletics field in in the UK. We, we also had uh, a lot of uh, business with Commonwealth, and that would be Australia. So we did we did South Australia, we said to Canada, New Zealand. So you know, that helped our business. But when it came to, uh, we, we got to a certain point and we thought, well, how do we now scale our business beyond this? And it was a matter of, okay, we still couldn't expand our product uh, offering into soccer because we, we couldn't get into that. That was still too big. So we thought, well, why don't we expand our area of business and look towards America? And that is that is what we did do. Uh, I don't know if you've read the book, but if you haven't read the book, you you realize we we got in we got in there again through specialist magazine, Runners World, having a five star rating, brought us into the market after me trying eleven years to push onto that market and having six failures, but we eventually got there, and that's how we got into America. Then, of course, white space again, aerobics. Wow, I love that. I love the white space analogy of where's that area where they're not in, um, you know, if they've already got a, a market in somewhere and or is it harder to get in or it's too small. I love that, you know, frame of thinking, which is really powerful if we want to um, do that. And I guess um, let, let's talk about your book. You mentioned your book now, Shoemaker. Um, I haven't read it yet. Um, I, I, it is, I, I've just bought it, so it's on the way here, um, and I'll be uh, reading it very soon. But I'd love to hear, um, to tell us more about it for people that are wanting to know, yeah, what, what we're going to learn from Shoemaker. Well, what, why did I write it in the first place? Well, I wrote it because in 1990, I stepped back from Reebok, and we, we didn't have computers. We didn't have cell phones. With nothing like that. So uh, I, I'm enjoying myself, taking life a little bit more easy, sitting in the sun, and then we get computers, then we get cell phones, then we get Wikipedia, and we get Google. And they start telling me how Reebok started. And, of course, it's wrong. There's also a photograph of Joe Foster, the founder of Reebok, and uh, I don't know who he is. He may be called Joe Foster, but it certainly wasn't me. So... I think that sort of incentivized me to write the book, to put the story straight. So that's where I started. And it took me about five years to write the book and to get it because, okay, you, you can write a book, but you need you need help. You need people to say, you know, am I on the right track? Is this okay? You know, when I, when I, I would say, look, in, in, when I'm writing it, yes, well, we did this. And then you get somebody to say, no, you did this. <laughs> that emphasis, you've got to put something in that's, to make it, uh, you know, it wasn't just as simple as this. No, you did something, you, you made some changes, something different. And so the book came out and the book was there to uh, uh, tell people the story of Reebok. But what happened? Well, the MBA students, the EMBA students, they, they picked up on this and uh, 
and we got invited to talk about it, to come down and talk. And you know, the questions that they would ask, you know, they would ask, Joe, what is your exit plan? And uh, I'd say, exit plan? We didn't have an exit plan. And this is the difference today that entrepreneurs are there to start a company, to scale it, to exit and, and repeat, as our friend uh, Colin Campbell has written a book about it. And, it, and it's a total difference. We were there to build a brand, which, which we which we did. And this is in, in the book. It's how, how we built the brand and how we did the white spaces, how we got to America eventually. And, and then what was our big white space? And as I just mentioned, aerobics. That was the big one. Took us from $9 million to $900 million in four years. Wow. Love that. So powerful. And um, and I love the untold story, right? You know, that it uh, sets the story straight. And I'm sure there's so much gold um, in there that what's shared. And um, I guess just, um, just finally, um, if someone's wanting to start a new product brand, you know, what would be your advice to them? Well, my my advice is first of all, do you do you know your market? Because the market is going to be the difficult one. If you're starting something new, it's usually because you know how to make it, you know where to get it, you know what the right things are to do, and uh, if you've thought it out properly, you look for a space again, that white space, to think that you're making something different. Just copying uh, what's on the market will be it's difficult unless you've got. Uh, some very good retail connections where you, you can get in there at a better price or something like that. But if if you want to make it as a brand and, and you want to get into that, re really get into the, the market, you've got to find the spaces. You've got to look at your marketing. Today, uh, well, I can go back to the 1950s and influencers were essential. Even go back to 1895, my father gave his, my grandfather gave his shoes to athletes, and uh, by 1904 he had world records. He had three world records in his uh, in his shoe. So th this is what you've got to decide: is how do you market it? How do you make your product visible? And today it's still influencers, but there's lots of influencers about now. So you've got to decide where would you like to go? Is there a person? What, what's going to be the influence? And can you afford it? Because today it costs money. In, uh, in our day, we just needed to give the product. That was enough. Free product got you your influencers. Today, it's a business. Influencing is a business now, and you have to pay for that. So you have to decide if you have the finance to do that or if you're willing to give part of your company, you know, a percentage, small percentage, to get that influencer. And so these are decisions you've got to make as you go into it. The product, you've got to have the right product. You've got to make sure it's competitive, it's good. And if you can get something with a difference, that's even better. But it's, it's then it's, it's getting people to know it, getting people to see it. And that's where, and I don't think there's any, any way around it, finding influencers is very important. Then I think you have a chance to do something on this market. Yeah, love it. So much value there. Thank you, Joe. I know your time is precious. It's been a pleasure interviewing you here. Um, and you create an iconic brand and, and sharing your story with your book. So how can people follow you online and, and buy your book? Yeah, how can they follow us online? Instagram. Instagram. They can follow us on Instagram. Is that Rebot the Founder? Yes. Rebot the Founder on Instagram. And uh, yes, the book is on Amazon. See, my, my external hard drive is telling me what to say right now. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>
I love it. Um, yeah. So Instagram, Reebok, the founder, as well as um, the book on Amazon, uh, Shoemaker. Yeah. Um, it's going to be a great book. Um, and yeah, it's thank you uh, so much, Joe. It's been a pleasure interviewing you here on the Business Growth Show. And um, yeah, look forward to um, you know connecting with you further and help uh, spreading a message with uh, yeah helping people um, know the journey and, and and growing their businesses. Anytime, Martin, and it's been a pleasure. And uh, all the best with your business. And I hope it's uh, it scales pretty well. Thank you, everyone, for watching and listening to this show where we talk about everything on business growth. And please like, subscribe, and leave us a five-star review. You can find me on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube as Ethan Cassiotis, or visit my website, ethancassiotis.com. If you want to grow and scale your business, you can reach out to me on any platform to see if we're a good fit. I completely agree with you, or do I? The only way you know is if you tune in next time. So until next time, remember that our business grows when we learn skills and take action using them in spite of fear. So remember to design your growth and results. Thank you.